We are back. Western Hunting Expo. I ran in my good buddy, John Stallone. The, the legend, the myth. Oh, come on. The man. John, how long have we known each other? A long time. When, when you guys started the show. Yeah, that's right. Right when you started the show. Right. And then, as for those of you guys that have fo followed my Ibex journey, John was extremely influential influential in my success Thank because you. uh he came out worked probably i think you worked harder for me than you did when you killed your ibex <laughs> i don't know about that well, exactly. no because you killed yours on your second one no i killed on the first oh and first i one. shot another one on the second on the time. Se that's right okay okay i got yeah. those confused but you uh you definitely uh were the you definitely played a huge part in yeah. And that success. And here you are. Got the, I got the hot wife it, with me. His beautiful wife <laughs> is here. And she might not say anything. That's okay, though. Yeah. That is totally okay. If you're lucky. But you know what? You get left behind a lot. I've got to meet the kids. I've got to stay at your house. Mm -hmm. yep. How does that feel? Because I know what, where it comes from from my wife. And getting left behind? Getting left behind. Oh, well, he makes up for it. In other ways. In other ways. In like how? Like taking me here. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, no. I enjoy going with him. Hunting. Do you? I do. Okay. Do I you do. hunt yourself? I have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it? Would you rather just go? Not all the time, because then we're both gone from the kids. But oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to Argentina together. Yeah, we got That'll a stag hunt coming up here in what three weeks? Yeah. Don't you? Wow. Yeah. Second week of March. And look, you got me to talk. Yeah. I knew it. Well, take you know, one of the things that people forget that is, you know, a lot of us are married or significant others, whatever. When you're gone, somebody's got to keep the household together. Somebody's got to feed the dogs or the kids or yep. get them to soccer practice or piano lessons. Or, you know, I have one and, and I know how busy my wife is. She works. And then it's volleyball and basketball and track. And then when she was playing softball, I mean, there's a lot to it. I, yeah. I, when I first started hunting, I'd say two, uh, uh, not first started hunting. Let me change that because I was young. Right. But when I first started doing it and filming and trying to, you know, trying to ride and all of these different avenues in the early 2000s, my wife was not on board. I knew what I was getting into with him before we were married. I knew him five years five before years, we even started yeah. dating. Who did you I knew meet? My dad. Okay. Yeah. Frank the yeah. Tank. Frank is my, one of my best hunting friends at the time. And he was a business partner of mine. And uh, we used to go, hunt. he's the guy that traveled with me. Like, he's the guy, we're like, hey, Frank, we're going to go, you know, to South Carolina. We're going to okay. go to Utah. We're going to go to Colorado. And Frank would come. Um, and... Um, he, he's my first guiding client. That's <laughs> what so I used to tell him all the time. You're my first guiding client. But um, he, uh, he always had it in his head that Marie and I were going to get together. Oh, he thought you were. Uh -huh. Yeah. Really? Did he try and set you up? Well, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because I used to double date with my ex-girlfriend with Frank and his wife, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, you know, and she was dating another guy at the time. And, um, yeah, I mean, how long have you been married? 
12 years. 12 years, March 1st. Yep. That's kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Just the fact that you're buddies with your father-in-law, which I think is great. I like my father-in-law, yeah. but I wouldn't want to go hunting with him just because it's not his bag, right? right. So the fact that you yeah. developed that, and then what did you think about him? I mean, if your dad's trying to fix you up. I mean, there was always a secret crush there, but we both had other relationships. So right, gotcha. until those were done, there was really no question. And then... Everything aligned. Yeah. Worked out. She broke up with her boyfriend, and then I broke up with my girlfriend, like, within months of each other, and he invited me over for a barbecue, and actually, there's more to the story. I was engaged, okay? I was engaged to be married. To the to your, to the to ex? Well, the ex, ex-fiance. I mean, ex-fiance. Yeah, but that, is, that, is that the same girl, though, that you yes. were dating? And yes. you're dating right. somebody else. Right. You're not engaged. No. Okay. No. She's Thank not God. engaged. So how? Uh, what's the age difference? Five. Four, four and a half. Four, four and, and a half. half. Okay. Yes. Okay. Almost five years. Um, anyway, so I was engaged. I would have said it was eight. <laughs> Thanks. But just me. <laughs> I get that a lot. Everybody thinks I'm 10 years older than her. Um you're engaged. I'm engaged. And we break off the engagement like a couple months before I'm going to get married. Just like this ain't going to work. Yeah. Okay. We Amical? Amic- no. Amicable? Is that the word? I, did I just make up a word? No, that's a real word. Okay. That's a real word. It's, yeah. Pretty okay. much. Okay. Pretty much amicable. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, it was it was like a light switch. Boom. Off. Done. You know, we're, I went one way. She went the other way. And the night that I was actually supposed to have my wedding, Frank gets this idea, I'm going to throw a barbecue at my house for you. So I was going to have a throw a party because I had to pay for a wedding that I never had. 40 grand. <laughs> gone. Anyway, but that's besides the point. Man, I would have just friggin' gone to the church with all my buddies. Yeah, and I was going to throw a rager. I really was, but I decided, nah, not to do it. Okay. Long story short, came over for a barbecue. We ended we up going out later in the night, karaoke. I, I sang her a couple of songs, karaoke, and that's oh, it. Oh, you did it. The panties dropped. And Started <laughs> hanging out as friends, and I had wait to make the first wait move. I made the first move. You did? She did. I she did. did. Okay. Now, were you just kind of, did that make you, did that make you extra, like, cautious because it was your buddy's daughter? Well, that's why she ended up making the first move, because I knew, I knew in my, I'm like, this can't be just the hookup, you know? I'm like, if I hook up with Maria... Right. It has to be something more to it. I can't just like hook up with her and be like, peace. You be, know? A, be a re- like a rebound. Yeah, yeah I can't. One night. So I'm right. like, I got to be sure that I like her and there could be something more to this other than a physical That's attraction. A of, there's a lot of pressure yeah, there. There was. There was. I mean, you have a good friend mm-hmm. that you care about. His, you know, right. taking care of his daughter. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. I don't know that I could have done that. I mean, I guess in a situation, you're so fresh off of this breakup. Yep. There's a lot of things could have gone wrong there. And here you are 12 years later. Yeah. Or, yep. no, you dated for a while. It was very short. Yeah. We were engaged five months after our first real date. And yeah. then married nine months after that. So, yeah, like, I mean, we, so we've been so together almost 14 years. Yeah, about 14, 14 years. years. Yeah. And it just keeps getting better, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't have any it's complaints. It's like a fine wine. No. <laughs> it's like vinegar now. Yeah. 
I wish someone told me something. Yeah, it's just, just like five minutes. It seems like five minutes underwater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, uh, I, I was fortunate. Uh, I met my wife. I dated a gal for a couple years, and everybody, it was like, you're in a relationship, and everybody else thinks, like, you guys are meant for each other. Right. But I didn't think so. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, shouldn't I know? Like, shouldn't I just know? Right. And um, the crazy thing is, my wife was friends with the girl I was dating, and I didn't know my wife at the time. I right. knew of her through friends of friends type of thing. And they went on a mission trip to Spain with Campus Crusade, which is a Christian organization where they went over in the summer. Well, they went on the same group, so they were actually, they got to know each other better and stuff like that. And my girlfriend at the time, um, you know, talked about me and stuff like that, and I was back, and we wrote letters. That was when you wrote letters, you know. Um, Well, my wife went to shop for wedding dresses for my wedding. I didn't know, now mind you, I had not asked her to marry me, but the girl I was dating was convinced <laughs> that, it was that I happen. was, when she got back, I was gonna ask her to marry her, Shit. marry me. And of course my wife doesn't, hasn't really, doesn't really know me other than know who I am. And, um, cause we kind of ran in the same circles. And um, yeah, they came back. I, I ended up breaking up with her when she, we got back. She was engaged to be married four or five months later to wow. another guy. She wanted to get married, I think. Apparently. And, and they're still <laughs> married. They're happy. Good for them. I mean, yeah. it's great. Yeah. yeah. And then my little sister was playing volleyball at New Mexico State University. And I, um, she was, knew Sandy, my wife, through mutual friends. Also, she said, you ought to ask Sandy out. And I said, nah. And I thought, she seems fun. And so I ended up calling her up. My sister got her number and I called her up. And it's funny when she tells it because she's like, this is this girl's, you know, she only knew me as this girl's boyfriend mm-hmm. calling me, That's asking funny. me out. But okay, we hadn't, yeah. we, you know, and I'm two weeks in, I knew. It took me eight months to convince her. <laughs> but and we're, yeah. 20, we were last, last week, 21 years. Nice. I, I know everybody that I know that has a happy marriage, they had the same reaction that her and I had, like we knew. Like you know, you knew it was right. right. Like right off the get, you didn't have to be like, oh, you know, we've been dating for five years, but I'm not sure if I should, you know. If you don't know after five years, it's probably something wrong. Yeah, I, it, 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 it blows know? me away when, and again, maybe people are against the, the construct, the idea of, okay, I'll give you that, whatever. But when, one is like I want to get married, and the other's like I'm not sure. And you and you know you've been living on them for six years. Oh, all right. Now, yeah. Something's got to something's right. got to give there. Here right. we are, Inspired Wild Podcast, giving marriage advice. That's it. What's <laughs> up with that? We do we do it all. You, John, <laughs> are probably one of the OGs of the industry. I was talking to somebody else who's kind of like us that has been around, and you know, b- back back in the day they wholehearted this was their love and they're still doing it today yep. and there's a few of us are still around i'd say willie schmidt he's yeah. he's been doing it a long time you uh, you know there's a lot of guys that that um are like that but there's not many guys that are a level of a diy do it yourself i mean you have 
guided you? I mean, you've done so much. I think I've worn just about every hat you could think of in this industry. But you were one of the first. I was. We were talking about it earlier. We were talking about pod, uh, uh, online shows. Yeah. You were one of the first. There was you um, and uh, Midwest Whitetails, mm-hmm. uh, Heartland Bowhunter. We started. And there wasn't – now you look – there's – everybody's got a show. Yeah. Right? Right. But then you didn't just stop there. You were early to podcasting. Uh, 11 years. Right. I mean, you were before Joe Rogan even started. Oh, yeah. And Podcasting uh, wasn't even a cool thing. I was just looking for another way to give a benefit or a a feature on the Hunting Channel online. Right. And that's how how the – interviews with the hunting masters started it was uh, actually a brainchild of my cousin fred he's like you should do this thing called a podcast it was like it's a podcast it was called a podcast because you put it on your ipod you downloaded it to your ipod right it wasn't as portable and you know streaming and everything else that it is today what kind of equipment did you use when you started out i used to do i used to record everything on the camera Okay, so and, and, then, the audio. and then you'd pull the audio off. Yeah. I got you. I got yeah. you. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's literally, um, I was thinking about the other day, uh, I think I heard there's 900,000 plus mm-hmm. podcasts now. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. And, um, and I think 800,000 of them are hunting. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but this no, was, no I'm joking. But, there's but, a lot of hunting ones. Uh, but I think the consistency is the key in that, and mm-hmm. you probably found that to be true. Yeah. But then you didn't just stop there. Then once the the idea of being able, you've been very active on YouTube, um, and uh, being able to integrate all of these different platforms, you were one of the original ones that started connecting the dots. Yeah, but the problem with that I... I did start before everybody, but there's so many people doing it so much better than me, like figured out how to market themselves. I think where I went wrong is that I was doing so many different things. Like, I guess the reason why I did it the way I did it was because originally I was trying to promote the Hunting Channel online, which was my main business. The TV show, the podcast, the writing, oh, the writing started before that, but the writing evolved to blog all that stuff evolved it was it, they were all vehicles to promote the hunting channel online so i was trying to cast this giant net to catch as many fish as possible but never really landing those big fish that i would have if i was using a rod and reel you know what i'm saying right, sure it was it was um you know blessing and a curse in disguise because like i said i'm, I'm you know, I only have like 8,000 followers or whatever on my YouTube. If I would have stuck with just YouTube, I could have been, you know, maybe like a if, hushing if, type if, scenario. If you had it all to do over again, mm-hmm. well, there's a couple of th- thoughts I have. The first one is if you had it all to do over again, what would you have just concentrated on? <sighs> I think I'd do two things. I think I would do two things. I would have brought the podcast to the masses a lot earlier, not just make it a feature of the Hunting Channel, and I would have concentrated on the YouTube. Okay. Second, my second question is, the way you tell a story 
is different than the way I tell or the way Joe Blow tells a story, right? So we're, we all have a different way. If we sit down and I tell, maybe the three of us were involved in something. Mm -hmm. The way I tell the story of that event would be different than you or, 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 or you. And there's something to be said for being true to that. Mm -hmm. And I think, though, I will give you this, pat on the back, whatever. You were always consistent across all the platforms. Thank you. The other thing I will say is I think you were too early. Yeah. Something There's something to be said for timing. Oh, yeah. Example. When we started our stuff online, mm -hmm. and you probably saw this too, I would talk to, let's just throw out uh, 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 an optic sponsor. And I'm sitting across the table from the optic executives. Right. And they're going, you have a webisode? What's a webisode? Right. And they said that online shows will never catch on right 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 so after four years even though i had developed some relationships with hoyt and some of these people i still have relationships with they were like you need to go to television right so i went to television now i sit there and some of them are like, digital media, I wish you would have stayed in digital. What? You're the ones that told me to yeah. go to TV. Exactly. So, so I think part of it is the fact that when we were doing the online show, right, that we were maybe a little bit early. And some of that is just luck of the draw, the timing. We had the idea. We were, right. you know, I, I say even you were more, you were ahead of, of me. And sometimes... You just get frustrated because you don't get the response. Mm -hmm. And it's almost if you would have not cared about the response and just kept grinding out that, that podcast right. or that you and, and concentrated on it, then all of a sudden it gets steam. But I did like you, and I went over here. Right. So we did okay here. Yeah. TV did, it did inflate our numbers. Right. But now we've been pushed back now like we're on Amazon Prime. Okay. That's the digital media we have chosen right. because um, – and how's that going? I've been meaning oh, to ask Oh, it's going good. Good. It's amazing. We're not doing any advertising because I want to see what it how, organically what it grows in a year. We started October 15th is when we went first with season five. Right. Which is about the first season I'm not embarrassed to show. Right. Okay. I felt like we'd kind of figured out some storytelling by then. Before, it was just us buddies videoing each other. Right. Let's be honest. With some music behind it. No, but I mean, I always thought you guys did a great, like, I feel... You and Heartland were the first guys to actually put some cinematography into the shows. And yeah, you did it early and, on. And, and I'll be honest, though, a lot of Heartland was very influential in us. Along very film-like. Everything was yeah, very film-like. but along with the skate, some skateboarding stuff. Right. And, you know, some of this, remember the old uh, skiing? and the, right. uh, So we took a lot of our inspiration from that, tried to integrate it with it. So, yes, I, would, I, I appreciate that because that's what we were going for. Um. So, in that genre of, of trying to do this, I, I feel like if I would have, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't regret going to television, because mm -hmm. uh, now I have all this content. I can right. now take and re-release, and we've actually, with Amazon, going back to Amazon, we re-edited a bunch of it. Nice. Not that we went and shot spines or interviews. No. no but we took, and we took a lot of the sponsor heavy yeah. billboard stuff like that out and made it more film like even right. though it shot shot pretty cinematic it even shows more cinematic because because amazon doesn't want that yeah 
You know, yeah. they want it to be a show. They want right. it to be a film. Right. And um, you know, there's a difference between a hunting show and a film. Film grabs you, brings you in. You sit closer in your chair when it's exciting. You're on right. the edge of your chair. You know, um, you laugh when when you know it's that deal. And you can still do that with with a with a hunting show, especially with camaraderie with people because they can relate to that. But so that was a, a unique challenge because here we have all this content from years past, but we have to go back and re-edit it. Luckily, media had come long. You know, we had the hard drives. We just go back in there. We open it up. It, you know, you can connect right. all the dots. Even with the upgraded, uh, you know, we'd been using Premiere by then, even though right. it's had about seventeen hundred thousand freaking yeah. upgrades since then. But we can still do it. So we hired a guy that came out of the Denver Film School. He's never done no hunting. Yeah. But he knew how to edit. And so we just, you know, we invested and yeah. Added. Hey, yeah. <laughs> and then we had to get it approved. Okay. So we October 15th, we went on. Um, there's about an eight-month process to get approved. Wow. And um, jumped through a lot of hoops and this and that. If you misspelled a word in the description, they kick it out. I mean, so it's always something little. Or it was at the beginning. And um, then once we got a, a feel, okay, this is what they're wanting. Here's how we're exporting it. Here's the format they need. I mean, it's just all technical stuff. Right. And he knew that. So it was good. Um, but I was watching some of the old stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good story. Yeah. You know, I, even watching it seven, eight, ten years later, you're like, that's not, that's not bad. It's not bad. And that's a good feeling. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you and I have talked about this, the ability to show our grandkids or, 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 you know, or somebody else. This, like your, your, your desert sheep hunt that yeah. you help, let me help you with, yes. that I just freaking enjoyed the crud out of that. Because I might never go on a desert sheep hunt, but for the two days and late nights that we were there, we're sitting there and I'm editing right. and, and I'm there. I'm freaking there. I, I get so many compliments on that one. I'm like, I didn't edit that one. Trevin did. <laughs> but see, that, but the cool thing is sometimes I can see what the shots are you have to tell the story that you're that yeah. I know was there. Yeah. And I know we pulled a shot from a day before, but you're wearing the same clothes. It, it, we're taking that freedom of creativity that we have to mm -hmm. tell a story. Yeah, this. I need you coming over the hill, sneaking over the hill. Well, that was from the day before, right. but it's still that's what you had to do. You just didn't have that shot there. Right. Right. So we're we're not lying. We're just telling our story in a creative way so that you can get from point A to point B to that shot when you yeah. know that release and stuff like that. So. I think, you know, it's, it's just like sitting around a campfire telling a story. I might tell it different than Maria or, you know, whatever, but the end story is going to be told. Right. And so, yeah, but it's no. good. It's good. So tell, tell me a little bit about what you got in the, in the works. I mean, if you can, I know yeah. you've got some stuff that you're, you're, you're working on and you're holding back. And, yeah, but, that stuff I really can't talk about. It's still a little hush-hush. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, the, the things that I can talk about is I, I have been – working not as hard as i should be i think on it but i've been working really hard to kind of get the hunting to be more com more of community than it is um you know stopping with the online bashing you know trying to put our best foot forward type thing and really stop arguing with each other that kind of stuff i've been very outspoken about that um as far as career wise like I dialed everything way the hell back. I'm doing the podcast full time, you know, like 
right. that pretty that's consistently. Still, yeah, once a week. Right. Good. I, I pull good. it out once a week. But um, you know, my writings, I haven't been doing quite as much lately. Um, I ramped up the guiding business a little bit. Yes, partly uh, Montana of, Decoy. That's where you've been yeah. getting some good footage for Montana Decoy. I saw yeah. something you sent me. You need to send me that again, but not through Instagram. Just send oh, me yeah, no, a I'll, link so I can you. put it so then I can turn around and use it for some of their stuff on the backside, like yeah. show booths, stuff like that that's right. running behind. Because uh, Jerry even reached out to me and said, hey, did you see this? I said, yeah, I'm the guy that got you, that, that I know him. Right. So, yes. Yeah, I, Jerry and I have been talking. He's making me a decoy. <laughs> I got, which, what is he making you? I, I sent him a super high res cow that I want made. What does it look like? It's a feeding, black feeding cow. Is it sideways? Yeah. I wanted that, but I sent him a photo and it wasn't yeah, good enough. Me. He said it wasn't good so enough. So yours is good enough? Oh, yeah. So what do you think of that face on Cal? I like the face on Cal. He's going to send me one a of those. Point, <laughs> I think there's a point where that is very effective, especially when you're coming up a draw yeah, yeah. and you have to be moving. Right. I think so. Well, when that when they get that done, I'll tell Jerry to send me one of those too because I like that idea because especially in a situation where you have him feeding here and yeah. you just want to work this way. Yeah. I So... I learned this from this guy years back. I was hunting in Arizona, and we would hunt in the early season. And I'd always go up, and I'd see this guy, and he built, like, the Trojan horse. Oh, yeah. It was a freaking big cow, like a full-size cow with a wood frame. And him and his buddy would get inside it, and they'd walk, and then they'd stop. Really? It was 3D, like, like all the way around them. Yeah, I mean, it was like... yeah. Not really 3D because the back, the backside was open. Okay, but okay. it was it was like, it was actually three. It was front this side, this side, and that side. But the backside was open. Okay. So they'd walk and they'd stop. They'd walk and they'd stop. I mean, it'd take them like an hour to do what they want to. That guy killed a buck every freaking year in the same pasture every year. Because every year, right before deer season. The rancher would move cows up to this, and it's all public land. Right. But he would move it into this, you know, there'd be cows in there. And every year he'd, and I was like, oh, somebody needs to make a cow decoy. This is way before Montana decoy or any of that. So, and I always had the idea, like, how am I going to do this? I don't know. I honestly don't know. The image wasn't great, but, you know, we're talking a while back. So I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Mm. He made it, like, you know, out of, plywood or not plywood it was like um what is it it's like a really that really thin thin uh finishing board that you use right. for like yeah yeah that but it was on a wood frame like uh like so a, it was a one by one it was heavy yeah. yeah oh yeah i don't know how you got it up there so i've used of course the ibex decoy that yeah. they made for me i've used a muskox in in greenland yeah worked great oh, i got I, into i could see that working. i got into a, a herd of like 22 now there was no i did a bull i went i didn't want to shoot but i just want to see how close i could get oh, yeah. i walked right up to him yeah. of course i could have had four guys because it's so big right right uh bighorn sheep yep and a mountain goat nice so and then this last cow decoy they made and then, then I think I sent you some footage of right. us yeah, walking yeah. up that draw. Yeah, that worked out good. Thirty minutes and they freaking. Of course, yeah. CJ's got a recurve, so he and it's the wind's blowing. I mean, a compound you could have shot any oh, of yeah. those deer for sure. But yeah, no, I think cool. it's what I like about hunting mm-hmm. is you don't have to follow the rule no. book. You can think out of the box. I, I and I've 
I made a career of that. Like people ask me, oh, you know, because I'm not a super sneaky guy. I kill most of my big bucks in Arizona. Most of the big mule deer I've killed in Arizona have all been calling them in during the rut. What are you uh, doing to call them in? I try not to let that That's out. That's a secret. That's a secret. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, that's I, fine. And the reason why, it's like the one, I give away all my secrets. It's like the one thing I really don't put out there very Let me often. just ask you this. Is it a curiosity they're coming to or is it truly a, is it more of a... Uh, it's all situational. Okay. I mean, I use your traditional whitetail techniques, rattling and that right, kind right, of stuff. Sure, also, sure. you know, grunt mm-hmm. tubes, whatever. Um, but I... You know, I use predator calls. I use, but it's all situational and it's all about the setup. And that whole setup thing came about from me learning how to be a good coyote bow hunter. Which I got to go with you. Yeah, we didn't call it that day. No, we (laughs) called in that one. Remember when you didn't get a shot? Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. um, uh, The funny thing, uh, this was what, two years ago? Uh, And it was about this, maybe a little bit later than this, but I flew in to speak at the ISC, and he goes, come on, let's go, we're going to go call coyotes. And we go to call coyotes, and you live in the Phoenix area. We literally go, there's houses on either side, you got your bow, and we just go into these big parcels of of desert, right in the middle of town, and you set up and start calling, and here, freaking shooting yep. coyotes with a bow and you can see a house and you can see a business over there yeah. and you just gotta be a quarter mile away yep. it was cool yeah that was cool yeah it's fun I mean I've kind of uh, I don't know made it say made a name for myself with that but I I, I I think I'm one of the only guys that's really doing it consistently you know consistently did I say consistent or consistently yeah anyway but yeah. <laughs> um, with the bow I, I, I get a lot of guys I actually did a seminar in Phoenix what was that? Do you remember? That wasn't too long ago. A couple was, months. Yeah, it was in the fall sometime. Uh, I did a seminar at the Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Varmint Callers Association, basically. And then uh, I, uh, I don't know, but people keep asking me, oh, John, you got to, you know, do a DVD series or you got to do something. People want to learn how to do it. Right. I put up, um, Rockside asked me to do an article on it. I did an article for them on it, and I got a, um, get a lot of feedback, a lot of people. Oh, that's an like, awesome article, man. I'm going to have to try that out. You know, because me, bow hunting coyotes, was a, it was a way for me to improve my, my big game hunting. It, I wanted to, to hone my skills. I wanted to be able to... <sighs> I remember the first time I thought about it was I was actually sitting in a tree stand. I was tree stand hunting, and it was during the rut. And you know how that could be sometimes. It's like a drive-by shooting, you right. know? Yeah, exactly. Big bucks chasing a doe, and you're like, right. I couldn't get him to stop. Right. I couldn't do. Well, what can I do lifelike that's going to be kind of like that where I have to draw back, you know, acquire target, range all that, all in my head, shoot, and make an effective shot? Calling coyotes. Right. So that kind of came about that. So you, then, you almost looked at that as yeah. being able to set yourself up for success in that situation during the rut when you're right. doing that bucks pushing that because you've got such a small window of time to acquire target, set right. your range, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm very – so my first degree in college was uh, exercise physiology and corporate fitness and wellness. So, like, I did a lot of sports-specific training. So I always looked at it that way. What can I do? Like what my training 
still to now to this day, is always about what can I do to put myself in a situation that's going to mimic something that I've seen or been in before. So, you know, if I think about elk hunting, I mean, you calling in a bull, you know, here comes a bull. You might have ranged up a few things, but, you know, it, it doesn't always work out. They don't right. always come the way you want them right. to come in. So, again, coyote hunting was the same thing. Boom, here comes a flying, an animal flying in at 30 miles an hour, you know, full force, you know, running in. You know, sometimes they come trotting in, sometimes they don't. But it, it was a way for me to get good at those situational shots where I could just pull it. And it's honestly why I was able to kill my, my Ibex. Well, I do remember this when we were setting up. I'm like, how in the heck is he going to, you know, when are you going to draw? And you were telling me, well, by the time I first see them, mm -hmm. they might be 80, 100 yards out. I'm coming to draw. Right. Because if they're within 40, they're probably going to pick you off on the draw. Absolutely. So you're literally coming to draw, and they're so fast anyway. They're there right. in a second. Right, and they only stop for like two right. seconds. So you're, you're, you, you've, you, you've got your area ranged in front of you. You're shooting right. angles, if you will. You know exactly what your distance is. And a lot of those coyotes, what are you shooting them at? Under 20 yards, oh, I would yeah. say. I've, I've shot them as close as 10 and as far as 80. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. My, my, my best shot today to date was the very first time that I took somebody outside of my circle coyote hunting and um, I shot a coyote at 55 yards on a dead run and I was wow. kind of amazed with it and, and the guy that I took was like oh my god John you're the freaking man <laughs> so, <laughs> I still have yet to do that so again <laughs> do, did you just lead him? yeah 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 I basically was just and you know here's like so in Arizona, that ISE, mm -hmm. they had that pop-up 3D uh, with, the, yeah, with yeah. the moving targets Man. and all that stuff. So I, I used to practice a lot of that, too. Like, just set up a bunch of different targets, turn around the other way, not you know, have somebody set up the targets in different ranges. Just open my eyes and whack, 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 whack. Right. You know, yeah. I, at one point, I when uh, the train for hunt thing was mm -hmm. going on, remember, I don't know if they did this at every single one but they had you had seven seconds to right, shoot yeah, two, two yep, arrows yeah, the two arrows I yeah. was the only guy yeah the only guy in all the Arizona applicants right. yeah. yeah like because I practiced that right you know right. Legolas <laughs> yeah exactly I'm not as i nowhere near as good it's so funny how it's so easy to lose that I mean of course I'm getting older too my eyesight's not the same it takes me a second longer to focus on things but um I haven't been practicing that way it's, it, the last two years, everything's changed. Like, I don't practice as much as I did. I don't hunt as much as I have in the past. And I noticed all, like, everything is affected by that. Right, yeah. yeah. Everything. I like, noticed I'm that. not the, nearly the, as effective. Exactly. You're not as sharp. Yep. Yeah. Uh, animals that I've shot in the past that were like, I had this minute, and it's right. like, to me, I'm like, no problem. And there's times you're like, I, I don't know if I can make that shot again. Yeah. Because everything was, you, I mean, yeah. and we use that alpha bow hunting now and it, up yeah. in Denver. They put that on, and that's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of things like that. Yeah. So mo creating movement along with physical exertion. So oh, yeah. you're used to, I mean, it's like you're running ahead of the elk herd, and you're getting yourself in position. You're out of breath, yep. and you still got to make the shot. Yep. So, yeah. That's yeah, fun. I, I attribute, I would say, 90% of whatever success I've had was to the training that I did to you know, and the rest was luck. What's your, what's your, if you look back on your hunting career to date, mm -hmm. 
What's what animal sticks out in your mind is I, maybe maybe your top one or two. The, you know the hunt, the way the hunt set up, the the uh, the rarity of the trophy maybe, or or just the you know the. You're gonna laugh because it, it's probably one of my smallest trophies I have. Mm-hmm. I would say the the one deer that sticks out the most to me. I shot a little. It's right when we first got together. Um, a little four-corn velvet buck up in northern Arizona. And I hadn't ever tree stand hunted up there. Well, I think I did one year prior to that tree stand hunted. And I said to myself, you know, I'm going to do things different this year. I'm not going to spot and stalk. I'm not going to do what I normally do. And I'm like, I'm going to pattern a deer and I'm going to shoot a deer. And I'm not, that's how I'm going to do it. I'm not on water, not on salt licks, not on no, right. nothing. I'm going to... So I took some of my whitetail tricks. There's a... This area had a fence line, um, barbed wire fence, just a regular three-strand, you mm-hmm. know... Right? Cow fence. Yeah. yeah, cow fence. And one of the tricks that I learned years ago, especially if there was already a... Uh, trail along that fence and there was if you put a cinch in the fence take a piece of wire cinch the top you know over the top wire and cinch up the top it'll make a crossing right. and deer will cross there because right. deer are lazy they'll right. walk another it's not like it's, it's crazy because they'll walk another 200 yards instead of jumping over a fence to find a break or whatever but if there's a break right there they'll jump right there right. or they'll cross under mm-hmm. so that's why you do the top and bottom the does and fawns across underneath and those will jump over or the bucks will jump over rather. Right. so I made a fence since there and um, it was a burn it was a, there was a burn right there and I went through and I took the chainsaw and I cut a path through the burn made an easy path path of least resistance deer started using that to cut this corner of, to cut the corner of this uh, of this burn and I'm like I'm going to set a tree stand up. There's like the only tree that was right on the edge of where the burn and the fresh forest met. I'm going to cut a path across this corner. The deer are going to use it. So it was inside corner, um, creating a path of least resistance and the fence cinch. Three whitetail tricks that I learned over the years. And I put all three of them together. Elk were coming down it. Deer. And... I end up shooting the, the like one of the first bucks I had an opportunity at, but I should have held out because I had on camera I had much bigger bucks. But I killed that buck, and it was the first year that there was an archery draw. Was that when we first get, got together? I don't remember this. Your dad came up and helped me with it that year. Um, it was the year that you actually sat in the tree stand with me. Oh, then it was we were married. Were we married? Yeah. Okay, I thought for some reason I thought it was when we. It, yeah. It was right after it we first It was the got. one time I went in the tree stand with you. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't have an iPhone then to no. play solitaire, did you? Probably no. not. You had the Blackberry. No. <laughs> I did. I had a Blackberry. <laughs> tree stand hunting is not my favorite. Yeah. No, that's not mine either. I mean, it is It is not in Arizona. I won't do it again in Arizona. But it definitely. But anyway, because it, it worked out and had, had you the had way a plan, I planned, and I executed. You executed yeah. and, and you right. filled the freezer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. 
Yeah. That's cool. It's crazy because everybody's like, oh, you, you desert sheep, your Ibex, big bull elks, yeah. this and that. I'm like, yeah, those are all great. I got, you know, I got beautiful trophies. I have, but the two deer, the two animals that stick out the most to me is that forky horn and a, a buck I call Swamp Donkey, which is a buck I right, shot in New York. In New York, in New York yeah, and I remember yeah. that video. Because I had so much, I had so much um, invested in that. Right. You know, it was it was a time, four years right. I hunted that deer. And I think that's why I fell in love, because I didn't, I didn't hunt whitetail. I was yeah. 33 years old before I ever hunted whitetail. And I think that's what you're talking about is exactly what drew me to the chess match yes, that is whitetail chess game and then when you learn a few of those tricks mm -hmm. they're actually applicable out west oh yeah i mean you, and a lot of people think oh there's this is how you hunt mm -hmm. whitetail here's how you hunt mule deer let's oh, yeah. just say but there's a lot of that stuff that can cross over oh yeah and uh you know again back to the creativity of you you know just because it's not what you saw xyz do on the hunt you know, the, on some hunt you saw on TV right. or whatever. I mean, I've climbed out of a tree stand and stocked up on a bedded whitetail and shot him. Yeah. See, I love. I see. I love doing stuff right. like that. I mean, I like know, out of the box stuff. If you, it's it's like we say about ibex. All you gotta do is fool their eyes, their ears, and their nose. Right. Yeah. That's all you gotta do right. to kill any animal. Yeah. But the fact that, that ibex are scared of their own shadow. Yeah. And there's no way to pattern them. And their shadows uh, up uh, on a cliff. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that makes it a little bit different. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's 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 fun. That's fun. Yeah. Wow. I, I keep uh, putting in every year. Still haven't gotten drawn again. Yeah. Got too, I, we, we we made that thing too popular. I uh, <laughs> I am I haven't applied. I'm, you know who I'm applying now? My daughter for the youth hunt. Which, oh yeah. Which starts right right after Christmas. Really? Because I I go to Christmas at my sister's house in Deming. Right. So I'm like. How perfect, and, and my nephew is 14 also, yeah. so he, I'm applying for my daughter and my nephew now for the youth hunts in okay. New Mexico, and I am I bet they'll draw an Ibex uh, rifle for sure, yeah. but you know, but I mean, how cool would it be to take them after the history that I have, and of course the history you have, but to take my daughter or my nephew up there, oh, yeah. and I'm sure they'll shoot a bigger one than what I shot, oh, yeah. because I mean, you know, the it, rifle. 300 yards is manageable. Oh my God! Yeah, thirty yards. I can't tell you how many times on that. I was like, Oh my God! I wish I had a rifle. Yeah, mm -hmm. thirty yards is a little different. <laughs> if I had a rifle, I think I could have got it down, done from the truck. <laughs> I think, I think we, I think we both would have been done the first day of the first, you know. But you know, investing the thirty days I put on that mountain. Yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears. Literal blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. And um, it, I have this little Billy with. Horns about six to eight Who inches. Cares? I have a full body mount. He's up on. Oh, you did a full body. Nice. And he's like laying on a rock ledge. Nice. And it's that to no. me the, because of what we went into that and the fact that we're two cameramen everywhere we went, you know, and dragging that. At, you guys are on the no. bottom radioing up, and we're moving down. And you know, we have outfitters come in and blow the friggin' oh god the ibex out from. Remember that we were a hundred oh, yards. What from was those, What was the guy that was with you? Your friend that was with you? It was Tanner. No, not Tanner. Not that. Not the guy that was filming. There was another guy that was hunting with you, Nathan. Nathan. Yeah. He should have got that one killed. Oh, he should have got that one killed. But you and I were a hundred yards from those three, three that were bedded. I know. And that guy drove his truck up, jumped out, and ran up towards the ibex. Yeah. Just to spite us. Just to spite us. That's. I mean, that ain't right. No. I don't care where you're from. That ain't right. No. But anyway, anyway, good times. Good times. Well. For me, it's um, 
you know, it's it's. I'm at a point in my life where um, I don't know where this will keep going. I'm and, until I quit. Until I'm. How do I say Unable? this? Unable. The mo- <laughs> no, the moment I quit enjoying it. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. But I still enjoy it. Yeah. And I enjoy it because of the whole production, the the ability to, to share an adventure with somebody. You know, you might not be there, but hopefully I can hand you this. You can watch it, but you're not cold, you're not wet, you're not tired. Right? That's that's That was always my goal. I wanted you to feel a sense of the excitement and the adrenaline of why I do what I do. Right. But you're not cold, you're not wet, you're not tired. Yeah. Or in Arizona, you're not hot. You're not hot. <laughs> you're not you're dry. Not you're, not, <laughs> you're not dying you're of not thirst. You're not dry, and you're yeah. Okay. Getting yeah. bit by snakes. Yeah. 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 So what do you got on the uh, any hunts coming up other than the stag hunt in Argentina? Um, I I drew a spring bear tags first time I put in for a long time in Arizona. My daughter Ella has a turkey tag. Oh, awesome. Um, so hopefully we'll. Get, I, I keep looking at the schedule between her soccer and school and stuff. I don't. I'm probably gonna have to take her out of school for a day. Oh darn! By the way, it's on. It's on. It's on national something now. <laughs> it's, it's it's out there. It's, it's at least happening. documented. <laughs> it's happening. Um, yeah. On, so basically, until July. I'm July. I plan it. I. Um, I go to California and hunt a zone with right, my buddy yeah. Charles. Yeah, and that starts the fifteenth. 17th i think uh, of july yeah uh, that's always so early but that's those black tails right yeah yeah and, I, and it keeps kicking my ass every year I, i'll bet you anyway i'm out the money when i kill that one that will be my new favorite because i i mean come on i've i've killed just about everything you can how, imagine. Are, you, how are you and i can't kill for out there are you trying to spot and stalk it's been all spot and stalk and you're, and now and you're I patterning them no pa- so you're literally glassing just like you would out in the deserts. Yep. You're glassing them. You're trying to sneak in, yeah. shoot them. Okay. And I think I'm going to have to change up my tactic. To, I've been close so many times. Can you decoy? I mean, what, what about uh, getting a decoy for maybe, that? Maybe. I mean, I have, de- I have hunted mule deer done really good with a whitetail decoy. Yeah. They don't, they don't know it's not. I mean, I, I would think, think the cow, I think the cow would work there. Oh yeah. Okay. Cause there's a lot of cow, a lot of cattle in that area, in that country. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, all you need is 60 yards. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. I mean, the way you shoot. I, I think, I think I'm going to change it up. I, I, I got stubborn and I wanted to do it as that way. You know, right. like, oh, you want to get it done with a recurve, right. or you want to get. I wanted to be pure spot and stalk, but now I just want to get one. So okay. I think this year when I go, I'm going to break out every trick I know. Yeah. So. <laughs> and how long do you usually go on that? Like a week? I, it's six days of hunting. Yeah. Okay. God, that's got to be hot. It is. It's miserable. You know, it's 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 very nice in the morning because you get the coastal right, and and it's probably 50, 55 degrees in the morning. How long do you have to hunt? Like, okay, so let's say the mornings you could go pretty, pretty much to about eleven. So which is long. are you doing like mule deer where you're you're you're, you're spotting them? Okay, it's bedded right there. Okay, now yeah. you're gonna let them settle, and then you have a length of time they're not gonna move. Right. Unless the maybe the sun well, moves. the sun or, changes and then they get up and they move to a different spot. Right. Right. But usually that second spot is in a place that you wouldn't be able to shoot them. Uh, it's like real thick. They'll go lay down and like it's a lot of poison oak over there. They'll go lay in that. You know, um, a lot of times. I don't even wait till they bed down. Then maybe that might be the problem. But I, I've had so many opportunities that where I was at 80 yards or 90 yards, and I just needed to get, you know. Right. 
Well, you hunt coos deer so much, I can only imagine that, I mean, they can't be any more spooky than a coos deer. It's not that they're more spooky. I think what it is, is the time of year. Everything's super dry. The terrain is oh, super sure. steep. Everything's like Rice Krispies and, and potato chips. That's what it yeah. sounds like when you walk around. Right, that you makes got these sense. madrone leaves. Everything's like... So decoy. I think yeah. I think the decoy because because if they look and it, it's yeah. a cow, well, yeah. cows are going to make noise. Yeah, yeah. So. I I had an opportunity, solid opportunity. I got to seventy yards, um, couple years back, pure spot and stalk. I saw him feeding down, and I got to this spot. It was a kind of like a spot and ambush. I got to a spot where I knew he was going to cross in front of me. He didn't cross in front of me. He got to where I was at, and he laid down right there in that little coulee. So when he laid down, I should have shot him before he laid down, but he wasn't giving me a great angle. So I'm like, I'll just let him lay down. And I'll just sit here and wait for him to get back up. And I'm ranging, I'm ranging. Like, I've ranged like, I don't know, 400 times. Right. And my range finder was telling me, I don't even remember the exact yardages, but whatever it was, it was seven yards difference. Mm. The grass was so tall. Mm-hmm. I was hitting the grass before him. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was bouncing it off his antlers or whatever, because all you could see was the top of his antlers. That's how tall right. the grass was, you know. Um, and um, he finally stood up, and I shot, and I shot right under. And that, was, and he was a big. I mean, he was a Boone and Crockett buck. Wow, that's a, that's a crazy thing. People look at my stuff. There are all these guys who are like, "Oh, how are you finding all these giant deer?" I'm like, "Well, I'm used to looking for, you know, little coos deer in the." deepest thickest you know whatever so for me to find a buck in the you know grasslands that you guys got over here it's yeah. not that hard right but i can't figure out how to i can't say anything because i figure out how to kill the things but um and it's funny because the guy that i hunt with charles he still hunts and he's kind of adapted his style a little bit because he's been hunting with me so he's gotten even now he's got some more tools in his toolbox but he pretty much used to just take his bow for a walk in the woods, but he's super quiet and he knows how to like move and look ahead of him. Like I look it down on my feet too much when I do that, you know, but, uh, and he's super, he kills one every year, right. every year. So are you, where are you guiding at now? South, South Dakota. South Dakota. I, I, I only guide in South Dakota for basically two weeks and then we, just in Arizona. And then back in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where elk, coos deer, mule deer. Javelina. Javelina is one of my big ones for some reason. That's, that's, they're fun to hunt. They, they are. It, I, I call it the gateway drug, you know? Right. It's like guys come. That's how I get all my coos deer rifle hunters. You know, guys right. come on the Javelina hunt. They see what we're doing. Glass in, looking, you know, hiking up these giant mountains and, you know, whatever. From the, you know, from the valley floor and shooting a coos deer. Or excuse me, shooting a Javelina. And they want to do that for coos deer because they see a lot of coos deer right. down that time of year too. So, right. yeah, it's it's fun. That's Good time. cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got fun times. So you're going to Argentina with him, Maria. Yeah. This is John's 40th birthday present She's got four years later. Oh, wow. Four years later. Yeah. Now, you're a young buck. Yeah. I'm 48. Yeah, you're only four years older than me. Yeah, but I just got these. Uh-oh. Your eyes going? So, for those of you who can't see, I'm pulling these little... Oh, my. 
because I can't, like I like to read at night yeah. and I'm getting to where my, I'm doing this, my, stretching my arms out longer because I read on my iPhone Yeah. and it's the greatest thing. Well, since I quit drinking, I, I, I think I'm learning, you know, I, I, I drank a lot of times just to shut my brain off mm-hmm. because I couldn't, I was always going, always going. And for me to sleep, I just lay there and think, well, I'd look a little nippy nip you know and hey i'm ready to go to bed right well so i found out i can read and i get the same re- i mean I, it yeah. shuts my brain down i'm ready to go to bed so, so here i'm reading and I'm like so i said i'm gonna try it so i bought some some right. and fly fishing i can't freaking tie the fly because i can't it's i'm like this but then it's so tiny how do those stay so, yeah, on i got these little uh they just oh they just clip right on my nose there you go. And of course, then I can read this. Now, I can, it's not, not doesn't do any good here because right. it's blurry. It's but blurry. right here, when I'm reading, it's very comfortable. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> I don't show them to a lot of people. <laughs> but uh, my wife just laughs at me. But she'll you know, probably I mean, need them too. The day I turned forty, I needed glasses. It was like a light switch. Really? Yeah. I think I. I think it's for close. It's for close up. I, I need it for the computer screen. Yeah. I can yeah. see. I can read. You know, I. I don't. Okay, I still but, edit without them. Yeah. But, but my computer screens. Maybe it's the distance. I I can anticipate in the near future that I will probably sucks, have to man. wear them for that. Too. It sucks. I'm yeah. telling you. It's 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 been hard for me. It's a little blow to the ego. It is. Yeah, especially since I, I do so much like glassing and all. I mean, glassing. Luckily, has not been right. affected. Uh, yeah, I, at least I, I haven't noticed. I anyway. just make an adjustment on my, you know, yeah. on the actual glass itself. And right. I'm, yeah. 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 No. So, yeah. But. Well, thanks for sitting down with me, guys. It's no, good to catch up me. again. This is, uh, you know, Western Hunting Expo is great for this because you, you can't walk 10, 20 feet without seeing somebody, you know, that you've right. known for a while or a friend or somebody you've hunted with or whatever. It, it so. is my favorite show. One, because it's a conservation show. And two, like you said, you know, it, it's you feel like you know a lot of people. I mean, you go to SHOT Show, yeah, you run into people because there's, yeah, there's so many people. There's so many people, and they're always every... I mean, I know when yeah. I go to the SHOT Show, I got a full schedule. Yeah. I can't just say, hey, let's go do a podcast. Oh, I've been in, what, three while. years? Oh, I was pregnant with Luca. Because you came with me. Oh, so my. four years ago. More so, than four years ago. So the one thing that I really appreciated this year was, number one, I was hunting. Instead of going to the ATA show mm-hmm. and the SHOT Show... I wasn't hunting, but I wasn't going anyway, and I didn't get sick. I always used to go, but then I'd come back with the flu. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're around so many people, and it's that show flu, right? Yeah. So I've, knock on wood, I've been pretty fortunate and, and, and well, I healthy. I think it's been five years for me since i gone to ATA. Last time I went, what, what Matt Ament and Tony Cachera and who else? Daniel. Yeah. Daniel Willett. You see Matt much? I don't see him as much. We, I just the only way I keep up on him is social media. Yeah. It's the only way. I His mean, dad just passed. Oh, that's too Dick bad. And uh, Matt Amet was huge. For those of you listening, he's out of. Uh, he's working for the Cardinals, right? Cardinals, ASU. Coyotes, and okay. at the Mayo, ASU, and and Mayo. So, and Mayo but, but he was really involved in the early days of Train to Hunt. Oh, he was yeah. one of the guys that kind of I know you and him kind of helped bring that to Arizona. Oh, he, it was more him than me. But, Way more than him than me. I, I barely did anything. Well, he was, I always always enjoyed him. Yeah. Always enjoyed him. He's a good dude. Good dude. Yeah. So. Well, I will let you guys go. Again, as always, to end every podcast with, for those of you listening, 
go embrace something that that inspires you that that stirs the wildness in you embrace it god bless and we'll see you down the trail